Welcome back, baseball fans, to another edition of the Prep Baseball Report of North Carolina Podcast. He's Matt Payne, our North Carolina Director of Scouting, and I'm Brandon Hall, our Mid-Atlantic Regional Director of Scouting. Matt, huge week, another week of rankings. College football started, NFL football's on the way. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. Glad football's Great. back, and uh, we're about to get busy. Great week for us, because we we're going to get a chance to evaluate a ton of players and kind of get our fall going again with some scout days and some events coming up. But then also, you know, you and I both, you know, huge football fans that, you know, the the run for Georgia has started. The Falcons run to the Super Bowl starts this week. So, you know, we'll jump into that. And then we had some games to cover last week. I think we both went uh, four and two. And so we can discuss that and kind of see if there's any um, any games that really shocked you. Um, but let's start with the 2026 rankings. Um they're dropping on Wednesday as we're recording this. This will probably come out on Thursday. Still have been out. National rankings will come out on Friday. Um, overall impressions with the 26 classes, we're starting to get more and more familiar with the names and talent in that class. Uh, another loaded class. Uh, I think it has a chance to have a lot of the high-end talent that the 25 class has in North Carolina as well as uh, some depth as we move forward. As we're going through the class, obviously there's there's some guys that have been committed on this on this list, and then now there may be a lag. We may not see another commitment out of this list for two years, um, and we may see as as we're going through this, some of these guys that are committed, you know, kind of open back up with the way the rules have changed. They may get a little itch and may hey, I've jumped the gun a little bit, um, trying to get a feel for it, um, you know. But we we're looking at you know as the rules changed, I think some schools took some shots at some players. Um, just to see what would happen. And, you know, looking at your your initial list here, um, our top 15, our top 13 are committed. Um, out of those guys in that group, you know, and looking at the schools where they committed to, um, you know, uh, is there a school that stands out that really worked hard on this class early to get some early commitments? And is there is there a trend you're seeing with any of these players from maybe some of these younger classes that haven't really started developing relationships with college coaches yet? Uh, you know, it looks like, you know, Wake Forest continues to do a good job in the state. Uh, several Wake commits in there that uh, they ident- identified early and got on. And uh, NC State, too, they have uh, they have several commitments there in our, our, top, our top 20 guys. The number one player in the class, um, and, and – I'm not positive as I'm going through this as, as to whether or not he was one last year or if he was – I think he was three the last time we updated this, but he had been one prior. So, you know, it's still a class you're getting familiar with. We're trying to, you know, continue to wrap our hands around. But number one in the class, Trenton Maven, you know, a name we know, um, Cameron playing at T.C. Roberson uh, in the early 2000s. Um, and this is his son and obviously some MLB background there, but – Talk to me a little bit about Trenton and what you've seen out of him, you know, you know, through an early stage of his career. A uh, ton of tools, uh, you know, looks the part. Uh, like you said, a name we've known, uh, had the tools. And then uh, this summer, uh, it sounded like he, you know, really put it together and uh, started to put some polish on those tools and, and had a big summer, I believe, with the, uh, the Padre scout team. Two names follow him, names that, that you've seen, names that I'm a little bit more familiar with, having seen a little bit from our high school travels and, and seeing them play, but then also some of our events. 
Uh, Jacob Smith, a shortstop right-handed pitcher out of Reagan High School, committed to NC State in the two-hole. And then at number three, Jackson Matthews, uh, an outfielder first baseman from Huff High School, committed to Clemson. Um, you know, talk about the little the, the separation maybe between Trenton, Jacob, and Jackson. Um, because when we evaluate Jackson, it's one of the elite bats in that entire 2026 class, not just in North Carolina. Yeah, there's there's not much separation in there with those guys. Uh, Jacob Smith uh, had been with Team USA. He's also plays quarterback at Reagan. Uh, saw him during the high school season. Strong athlete. Uh, the when I saw him, the bat matched up against some good arms. I believe it was Harrison Lewis going for West. Uh, showed the ability to handle velo, and then Jackson Matthews maybe had the best summer of anybody out of, out of North Carolina this year. It seemed like every time he turned around, he was he was lacing balls all over the yard. Yeah, and, and that hit tool was loud. It was one that carried Huff and, and gave Huff a chance, even though they were battling some injuries throughout the year on the bump, to kind of continue to stay in games and stay in our power 25 consistently. And that's rare for a team, especially a team like Huff, that's traditionally very strong, you know, to turn to a freshman and say, hey, here, here you are. Let's put you in the middle of the order. Let's put you at the top of the order. And, and, and as you go, we go. And we do need to score some runs because, you know, a couple of our arms – you know, we're nursing a little bit to get them ready for the end of the year and see if we can't make a run. Um, you know, fun to follow there. As you've gone through this class, you know, we've taken a couple of these guys to our junior uh, futures game. Stephen Crater, a third baseman from Wake Forest High School that's committed to Wake Forest. Uh, Meridian LeFew, a shortstop second baseman, middle infielder from Gaston Christian, committed to Miami. Uh, I know there's a couple others on this list that, that have been with us. Um, you know, talk about a few of those guys that we actually have gotten a chance to be around for a week and, you know, what we've seen from them as we got to know them as eighth graders and how, how you kind of tracked and watched them develop here over the last year. Yeah, you, you know, you get down in, you know, that 10 through 20 range, you got Crater, LeFew, and Tucker Payton, three guys that went with us to Junior Futures and um, all guys that, that love to play baseball. And, you know, they were good when they were young and they've continued to develop. And, uh, you know, Crater played at Wake Forest High School, played a big part in their role. Uh, LaFue just continues to get bigger, stronger, faster. And he's also a game performer. And then, uh, you know, Peyton, his left-handed bat, had a good summer. The differences in what you're doing when you're putting these classes together. So the 24 class, we're getting into their senior year all of those guys have played varsity baseball. We've seen most of those guys in a workout environment and on, on a game field, whether it be in tournaments or high school games. You know, we're closing in on the MLB draft for that class, you know, you know, now within a year and, and trying to figure out how they're going to slot. We're starting to see colleges, you know, making offers and, and those players committing. We're getting a feel for how they're slotting into different colleges and how you know, different positions were being perceived on the board. What was a strong position in North Carolina? What was a weak position in North Carolina? Did that push some players up the board a little bit in terms of the, their college commitment because the strength of that that position was really weak, um, you know, versus a, a positional, like typically catcher in North Carolina? You know, there may be 10 or 12 guys that we have, you know, at least fringy D1 grades on or better. And so now you're watching those guys kind of go through the process. There may not be 10, 10 division ones in North Carolina that need a catcher. And so you're seeing those guys kind of filter themselves through. Compare how we go through the rankings and how you put those guys together and what you're looking at, you know, their present tools, their present playing ability versus their future. 
versus a class like this, a 26 class where, you know, some of these guys haven't played varsity baseball. A lot of these guys we haven't seen, you know, three, four, five, six times. We've gotten little snippets um, and, and kind of compare and contrast putting those two lists together. I, I think with the older guys, as you're, you know, you, you start to put it together, you, you lean more towards the pro scale, uh, trying to line it up as, you know, maybe the pro guys would to an extent and, you know, pro follows pro tools, as well as the, uh, the guys that will go in and, you know, play a role at a, at a power five school. And with the young guys, it's, uh, I think you start with the guys that have a chance to, to play at the power five level and, you know, start there and see how they develop. And, you know, you got a lot of guys who are, uh, you know, they're, they're more physically mature right now. And you blend that with the guys who uh, may not have the, the metrics or, you know, per se, but that uh, you like their upside, you like their athleticism. And I think you always lean towards arms and guys that can play in the middle of the field when you start to build these classes and, and go from there. When you're looking at a guy in the 26 class that maybe hasn't gotten his man strength in, hasn't hit that growth spurt, but is a solid fundamental player, um, you know, it, it's from what you're saying, it's probably hard to put him in the top 20 and really hard to say, hey, I believe. I believe you're going to put on 50 pounds. I believe you're going to get stronger. I believe your bat pass is going to really clean up when, when that man strength comes. I know your parents are big, but, you know, seeing it allows you to adjust these rankings. And having said that, there, there's going to be some fluctuation. We talked about it a little bit with our 24s and our 25s and seeing guys jump 40, 50 spots in a year. And a lot of that is because of that maturation along with then also getting better on the field. Yeah. And, you know, we, we'll talk about it, you know, off the air, some guys that we like that we think will end up in the top, uh, you know, 20 to, to 40 in a class that you just can't move there yet. You got to see it. And, um, you know, some guys really develop and polish up and then other guys, uh, you know, they don't do that until after they get out of high school. As you're looking through the list and, and you, you've got your high schools listed here, is there a school that you're you're looking at that you're looking the 25s and 26s? Is, is there a high school that maybe has a chance to take a jump here coming in the next year to two years that um, maybe isn't typically in our top 10 of our Power 25 or even our, 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 our top Power 25? They're not in there completely. Um, but with the influx of talent coming, we should be on the lookout for that high school and what they have a chance to be in the coming years. Uh, looks like uh, with some guys moving into the state, Palisades there in, in North Carolina is picking up some good young talent and, um, you know, could pot potentially be a school to follow in the, in the next couple of years. I have not been there yet. I think I think that's in that Charlotte area. I think they were a new school last year and kind of they, they took their beatings, so to speak, as that first-year school but got a chance to play – a lot of players similar to what Willow Springs went through about four years ago, where I think the senior class this year, they were freshmen um, when that school opened and they kind of took their beatings, but all those guys played and they continue to play. And now those guys are freshmen. We're seeing guys off that roster uh, commit and make their decisions on where they're going in the next couple of years. So, um, you know, you know, building that program, building, um, you know, kind of what, what the program is going to be known for. Are, you know, is it going to be a program of development and, and talent and hard work and winning in close games and competing? Or, you know, there's also programs out there that, you know, kind of show up and if things go their way, they win games by talent. And if it doesn't go their way, well, we'll we get a chance to play again later in the week and we'll see what happens. So 
Um, always fun to kind of follow the development of those high school programs too. And we see a lot of college, uh, high school coaches, you know, for a lot of different reasons, you know, taking some other jobs and moving around the state as we're in this time of the year and we're trying to track those guys. Um, your final thoughts is you're, you know, I know you're, you're buttoning up this class. We're going to have uh, uh, stories about some of the new guys coming, coming through into the class. Some of the guys that maybe have taken a little bit of a jump. There's not going to be guys that have taken massive jumps just because of the numbers, pure numbers that we're releasing right now. And again, we're, we're talking about being at what, 50 to 75, somewhere in that area when we release this class. Yeah. Somewhere in that range with it. And, uh, you know, put it there. And, and eventually it's going to grow to about field. 300, yeah. 350, 400. So there's a long, long way to go. Um, you know, but w- final thoughts on this class and, and, and some of the things that you're seeing, uh, you know, trends you're seeing or, or, or ideas that you're like, as you're kind of evaluating some of the arms and bats in the 26 class. Uh, I think there's some dual sport guys in there that are uh, interested to see uh, what they do moving forward. And then there's a ton of arms in there that, you know, they're in that, that 80, 81 to 85 range that, you know, got some athleticism and clean and to see if they make that jump by uh, next spring, summer, if it's the following year. Look for, look for the 26 class release on Wednesday. Uh, it'll be on prepbaseballreport.com. Go to the North Carolina news section um, and in, in that news, you'll be able to find the updated 2026 class. You can also hit the rankings tab and go directly to the rankings. Um, and then throughout the week, the next seven days, we'll have some stories. We'll have some video clips. We'll have some social media, all kind of highlighting some of the players in this class as we're really getting to know them. And, and I think in the next year is a big year for us getting kind of dialed into this class. And then, you know, the upcoming 27 class, uh, Matt, what are your plans with them? I think it's a it's a uh, end of fall release for our first rankings of the twenty seven class. Is that right? Yeah, it's like a end of November, early December release with the twenty sevens, and uh, it's usually twenty five to start. Just identifying a few guys and and watching it watching it build over the, the four years. I know you're I know you're kind of looking at that class already and kind of watching them. It's going to be a little different because we're not going to see you know, college commitments peppering the board and kind of giving us an update on kind of where our grades rank and an idea. Cause there's times where we put a, a grade on a guy and then, you know, an ACC school maybe has a completely different grade and it, it doesn't change our grade, but it does make us go, you know, reevaluate where that player is and what do they like about him? And, you know, how, how was there that difference in the grades? Uh, we're not going to get that with this class. Um, but as you're starting to identify guys in the 27 class, you saw uh, um, you know some high-end talent go down to uh, Georgia with us with the junior future games. Um, you know, overall impressions early and very early of the 27 class. I think there's some left-handed hitters in that group, uh, as well as you know your typical typical arms that you like, and it's a matter of when they make the jump and. You know, without them being able to commit, you know, the the college coaches, I think, used to share a little more information with, you know, when kids were committed and they knew everybody was seeing them. So it'll be interesting to see the the information we get on that with uh, it kind of being wide open. That's a great point. I, you know, I think they're using us, you know, they're, they're peppering us for information and kind of doing the same thing we do. Did I see the thing? Did I see this guy right? What have you guys seen? And I think you know it, it may become a one road, uh, a one lane road in terms of the the communication. Maybe us giving them a lot of information and them, you know, 
being a little bit more, you know, uh, concealed in terms of what they give out, and which is fine. They're doing their jobs and they're trying to find the best players for their for their uh, schools, and we're trying to help every player out that we can in terms of, um, you know, giving accurate information to, to schools that that have interest. So. Um, always exciting going through the rankings, always nerve wracking going through the rankings. Um, appreciate the work that you're doing on those. I know, um, the, the 24s and the 25s have received a ton of hits on the website. Uh, we both have gotten feedback, uh, about 99.9% of it has been really positive. Um, you know, and occasionally, you know, there's some questions in terms of, um, you know, why, why we don't have a player higher or why we don't do this or why we didn't see that. And, you know, those questions are welcome because it, it, it always allows us to, to reevaluate our evaluations and make sure that we haven't missed stuff on players. And I think one of the things that uh, a lot of people that are evaluating our rankings don't realize is even if you're traveling around with a player, you're still seeing that small pocket of players that you see where we're working to see the entire state and I'm working to see the entire East Coast. And so, you know, the, the player evaluations, the player grades, when you're seeing a lot more players, it's harder to get dialed in on one specific player and exactly what he's going to be in two years. But it's easier to kind of put players into tiers. And that's what we're always trying to do is kind of get those tiers right. Absolutely. And, you know, group them, group them together. And like we've talked about before, you could take the, take the number off of it and, you know, probably uh, make more sense at times. At times, absolutely. Well, again, all that stuff on prepbaseballreport.com starting Wednesday. Go in, look for it, find it, see it. And if you're a player and you're listening or if you're a parent and you're listening and your player does not have a, a profile on PBR, you can create one free. Um, upper right-hand corner, you'll hit the More button. There's a Create a Free Profile that immediately puts them into our database, and then we can start tracking and following that player as we're out and about this fall with our events, uh, watching tournament games, and then moving into the, the spring season where last year we saw over 350 high school games in North Carolina. So, Matt, let's take that and transition to you know what we've got coming up in the fall. And <clears throat> on Tuesday and then on Wednesday, we kind of announced our fall our, – um, our, our fall schedule. And so, yes, we've got some, some junior or some um, scout days coming up and we're going to be out and about with those, but we're also going to be running two unsigned or uncommitted senior games. And then also our top prospect games. Um, let's start with the uh, unsigned senior games. We're going to run one on the, on the Western side of the state at Catawba, uh, just North of Charlotte kind of sits right in between Charlotte and high point. And then we're going to run one on kind of on the eastern side of the state, but actually in South Carolina at Francis Marion. And we're teaming up with Sammy in South Carolina and trying to get, you know, some of the best uncommitted seniors there are and put, you know, put them back on the map. Allow college coaches uh, one final chance to see these guys in a really competitive environment as they get closer to the, sp- the uh, early signing period. What are you looking forward to with the Carolina Senior Games East and West on October 15th and October 22nd? Uh, always fun when we combine with Sammy and those guys, uh, get kids from both states, uh, very similar to the border battle. And we're going to, you know, two schools in Francis, Marion, and Catawba that, um, you know, are, have been D2 powers and uh, good programs and great facilities. And uh, looking forward to doing that and kind of, uh, you know, 
end our fall and with some uh, high level talent and good competition. Yeah, and it should be. And the, the with what happens in the fall, we have to be a little bit more compressed because we have to understand weather. You, we can't be on the field at eight a.m. We're not going to be on the field at nine p.m. Um, you know, so there, there's some compression in there, and really, we're looking to get you know about eighty of the top players from each state into each uh, event. Um, you know, and, and with where both states are, and talking to schools as we are. There's a lot, a lot of time left in these guys, you know, recruiting periods. And so I think this fall is going to be big. The thing that happens early in the fall, though, and you've gone through it, you're trying to evaluate your own team. So a lot of these Division II, um, junior college, Division three, you know, even some Division I guys that are still going to have slots open, they may not be on the road early in the fall because they're evaluating their own guys. And so then the, – the calendar kind of hits them as they're off the road in early to mid October. And we're running these after the calendar, but we have some ways we can still communicate with college coaches after they come to these events. So, you know, a player comes to the event on 10, 22 at Catawba. Um, you know, obviously division one guys can't be there. I'm not completely positive on the division two calendar right now. I know junior college guys can be there because I've already gotten phone calls from them, but you know, what's the advantage of a player being there? You know, let's say when, when, NC State can't be there. Uh, metrics, um, video. They'll obviously be talking to us about you know who's there, and uh, obviously, if it wasn't for the calendar, those guys would be out. But um, they do have the recruiting calendar, and also fall games and finishing up their fall practice. And uh, they'll definitely be checking in to see uh, if anybody pops up, anybody's made a jump, and there'll uh, there'll be some new guys there that haven't been identified as well. Yeah, and these players, they're going to, you know, they create competition for the college coaches. If they continue to, this fall to show up and play well in events, then, you know, they're going to put heat on the college coaches to go ahead and make decisions. It's not going to be a deal. I, I need to see them one more time. Well, the other three schools don't. You know, they're they're in. They need to know they're, they're wanting a decision. Are you in or out? And so I think these events where we put best on, on best – we have a chance to allow these guys to perform at a high level. And inevitably, we've run these events the last five years. We're going to have a guy pop up that, that may turn himself into a pro follow because there's still a lot of development going on with that senior class. Just because a guy's not on our rankings list right now doesn't mean he's not going to be a top 100 guy by the end of the senior year. There are guys that make those jumps, and you know that's why throughout the year we're continuing to do these types of events. Um you know, so the, the event itself, Matt, run us through the format. Um, I know, you know, position players are going to go through a pro style and in the game settings. What are we looking for out of these out of these two events uh, in mid to late October? Yeah, we'll, we'll pro style it, uh, BP on the field, defensive workout, and then we'll split them up into teams and, uh, and play a game. And uh, depending on the arms will be how many innings we get, but you get to see them take BP, live at bats, game situations, and then see the – see the arms towed up with hitters in the box. And one thing that we're trying to add, um, and we've got it basically solidified to a point where I'm comfortable talking about it, um, we've got our friends with DHB Media are going to be joining us. And I know you're, you're close to Dustin Harrington, and, and those guys are out of Hickory where in that area you're at. And, um, you know, we're going to be adding that to these events. So it's, it's another level of video, another level of film. So PBR will do our own video like we always do. Um, we'll have social media like we always do. 
And then on the back side, talk a little bit about some of the things you've seen DHB do and provide players um, that they can use for social media platforms, but then they can also use uh, whether it's short form or long form video uh, and being able to kind of allow coaches to see this event. Uh, yeah, they do a really good job of, you know, taking a player and getting a ton of video and then cutting it up uh, after they get it all. And it gives players a chance just to uh, really highlight clips to uh, put on social media. They can use the recruiting. And then, uh, you know, also parents like it. You know, parents can go to go and watch and not have to worry about having their camera out the whole time when, uh, you know, they know right. somebody else is there, is there getting it as well. Yeah, so the, the, the short form will be great for that social media stuff and kind of hitting hitting college coaches up with, hey, here's my swing. Hey, here's some defensive action. Hey, here's me running. Um, but then the, the other part that we're talking to them about is actually a little bit uh, some of the long-form video. And we may be able to host on our YouTube site where, you know, they're filming the entire scrimmage. Uh, and then they're just cutting it up pitch by pitch. So the entire scrimmage may take, you know, two hours but it really ends up being about a 40 minute video when you cut out all the downtime and just going pitch by pitch by pitch um, and, and giving those guys, you know, a chance. So if you're a player, you can then go back into YouTube and, and kind of clip out your bats and, and show plate discipline and show, you know, what your thought process was during at bat. And when you go on visits, you can pull that stuff up onto college coaches TVs and start talking about, you know, this is the guy I was facing, and this is what I was doing during the at-bat, and this is what happened in that at-bat. It's, you know, and, and for pitchers too, you know, that long form, you get a chance not just to see, you know, one pitch that was filthy that got swung and missed, but we can go through a five- to seven-pitch sequence and, and talk about, you know, areas of strengths and areas of weaknesses, and then allow that college coaching staff to address how they're going to continue to kind of develop that player. Um, so I think that's neat from a standpoint of, it's different type of video than what we typically provide, but these events are going to allow those players to have that. Yeah. Another form of a uh, video and information they can get out and, uh, you know, help themselves and help their career. The other event that we're getting ready to announce is our top underclass games, the, t- the unsigned senior events at Catawba, the unsigned senior event at Francis Marion. They're open to all seniors across the state. Um, really whichever one fits your date best, whichever one fits your drive best, head to that one, you know, and, and spots are going to be limited. Cause again, the, the, you know, you're talking about four teams. We're not going to carry 36 catchers. Um, you know, we're not going to carry 120 middle infielders. We're going to, we're going to shorten those things down so that the guys that are registered are getting at bats. They're getting reps. They're getting to go through that stuff. Um, that'll be October and I'm struggling to get my mouse to move through here. That's going to be, you know, October 15 and 22. And then the following Sunday, October 29th, um, will be at uh, your former stopping grounds for the top underclass games, 25s, 26s, and 27s at NC State, you know, teeing it up, playing it out, and seeing if some of those younger guys that we just finished doing rankings on and just finished talking about um, are able to make names for themselves. Yeah, always fun doing the younger guys, uh, you know, have them ranked. A lot of guys will come in and prove us wrong, uh, you know, show that they should be higher up the board. And uh, we identified new guys at those events as well. And then, you know, the college coaches will uh, will see some of them this fall, at, you know, at certain events. And uh, then, you know, finish off the fall with that and kind of, you know, see if what they saw matched up with what they do at our event. 
and that's a Team Carolina event. You know, so we'll we'll have some special um, things that we do on the back end with them, continue to kind of track and, and promote those players, guys that we've seen at some different events, guys that maybe we have a little bit more of a history with, really dialing into what their strengths, what their weaknesses are, and then trying to showcase those guys throughout the fall and winter as we get into our preseason um, uh, preseason all-state events. Um, with that preseason – I'm sorry, with that top underclass games last year, it was held at North Carolina A&T last year, multiple guys from that event went with us to Atlanta for our future games. And so I think this has a chance to be that again. But on top of that, for the 25 class, for the 26 class, you know, we're still going to be evaluating guys potentially for next year's perfect uh, PBR All-American game. And, you know, being played in Milwaukee in September this year, we've got three North Carolina guys representing the 25 class this year, but that 26 class being able to start stepping up and making a name for themselves. So that's an event that's open to, you know, both uncommitted and committed players and a chance for us to continue that evaluation on them, not just for rankings, which, you know, if they're a good player, they're in the rankings, they're fine. But there are some events that kind of set themselves apart in terms of, you know, draft prospectus um, and, and what that All-American game has a chance to do for a guy because he can be playing in front of general managers and not just, uh, you know, area guys. Yeah, you know, our, our pro case, we take some underclass underclass players of that. And, um, you know, you mentioned Team Carolina, you know, the, the going through the, the names and the rankings here the last few weeks, that's going to be a tough club to make. So, you know, the gives you an opportunity to kind of get in line for that and, uh, there'll be a lot of competition to to go to go to Lake Point with us next year, and it, and it does matter. I mean, there there are times where <clears throat> we talk about you know this player, this player, this player, and there you know we, the separation in them is just minute. And sometimes just having having a good feel that our evaluation is dead on. We've seen him in a workout. We've seen him in a, in a game situation. We saw him at a Team Carolina event. You know, we've seen him four or five. We saw him at a PBR tournament. You see him four or five times. You go, okay, our, our evaluation is dead on, and college coaches need to see this guy versus a guy that shows up and we see, you know, 10 swings and go, man, that was a pretty electric workout. But when it comes down to that final roster spot, it does help having seen those guys a couple times. And one of the great examples of that um, are two guys that committed out, out of the future games the last two weeks Jake Kakovic and Zach Bender. Jake's a guy that we've tracked over the last couple years, you know, six, seven righty. But the thing you continue to say is, Every time we go in and watch that dude, he throws strikes. And we got questions on that one. You know, we haven't, you know, the guys had not seen Jake maybe as good as we've seen him. But, you know, our thing on him was he's 6'7", he's a two-sport guy, and he's throwing strikes with heavy, heavy sink. What else do you want him to do? Yeah, I get it if he was 94-95, but he's off the board if he's 94-95. He can't go to future games. But being the guy he was – and then going and doing what he did at top at future games in Atlanta, and now he's off the board heading to Chapel Hill. Another one was Zach Bender, a guy that was at preseason All-State, a guy that came to Team Carolina East, a guy that we had seen some uh, at-bats live in, um, you know, in between those two events. The bat didn't just play once. It played over and over and over and over and over again. And so when we're starting to slim those spots down, we'd seen those two guys perform in multiple ways, in multiple days. Yeah, you built that history with them and also getting to be around them and 
see what type of kids they are. We've been fortunate that we've, you know, took a good group of guys down there the last few years and it's been fun for everyone. And then also getting a feel for, for who can handle the big stage. And, you know, we've seen guys before that, you know, may have, may have been borderline talent wise, but, you know, they, they did something that, eh, you know, you don't know how he'll be with, you know, 400 college coaches watching. Right. Right. So we're, we're excited about those events. Those events are up on the, on the website right now. <clears throat> Go to prepbaseballreport.com, click on North Carolina, click on events. They'll pop up. Again, scout days are driven by organizations. Those are organizational deals uh, for players in those organizations. But our fall open ID in the triangle, um, un- uncommitted seniors east, uncommitted seniors west, top underclass games. We're excited to see some of the top talent in North Carolina and who's grown from their summer season and now into the fall season. Who's ready to take that next jump? Who's that guy that's putting himself on on notice so that when he does take some downtime, he gets in the weight room, and then boom, we hit preseason All-State, we hit the spring season. Who's that guy that's going to make that four or five-mile-an-hour jump? Who's that bat that's really ready to take that stand? So always an exciting time of of year. We feel pressed and rushed because we want all this information all at once, Um, but it's, it's it's a time of year where we get to really dissect players, Matt. Yeah, and, you know, you hear a lot of things throughout the summer and uh, kind of, you know, you, when you get to see them or get to see them again, see if what you're hearing is uh, matching what you're seeing. College football got underway this past week. And we kind of, you know, just back and forth talking last week, we put six games on the board. You went four and two. Um, you missed, which one you missed? You got Florida State and LSU right. You missed South Carolina, North Carolina, and then you missed the very first game we talked about, I think. Florida, Utah, yeah. Yeah. And then I missed uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, and I missed LSU, Florida State. And so we both sit four and two after week one. Initial impressions, initial thoughts of the college football season after week one, though? Uh, I thought it looked like week one for a lot of those clubs. Yeah. Um, You know, where uh, I'm sure they look back and, you know, wish they would have took the gimme game early. And um, especially when you have uh, some freshmen playing, transfers playing that haven't played in that atmosphere, uh, it's, it's nice to have the the weeks that, you know, Georgia and Alabama and some of those schools had to let those guys get their feet wet. Yeah, from the coaching standpoint, I know everybody wants to see great games. And, man, we only had one ranked-on-ranked game and, oh, they got to schedule better. And <clears throat> from a coaching standpoint – a lot of those schools still don't know who their number one quarterback is and their number two. Wouldn't it be nice if we had a preseason game? Wouldn't it be nice if we were allowed to scrimmage somebody outside of that? So that I think you would see scheduling go up if you know schools could get together like baseball's doing in the fall now, where you can travel X amount of miles and you can play, you know, a scrimmage that kind of allows you to kind of really see what happens when guys are or somewhat under fire. It's still not the it's still not the same thing as being in front of ninety thousand people. But that ability to kind of see them against somebody else, put tape against somebody else. Um, you know, from my standpoint, you know, I grew up in Atlanta. Um, you know, we, Herschel Walker and huge Georgia fans moving out. Georgia, Georgia's going to be fine. Carson Beck's going to calm down. He, he was not nearly as accurate um, this week as he was, you know, in his, in his time the last couple weeks. They played two more quarterbacks behind him. Both those guys have a chance to be really good. The third guy may be actually the best college quarterback eventually, um, but the first two are probably the best pro prospects. 
So, uh, you know, Kirby's got decisions to make, and that's a good place to be. Your thoughts on Dion? I know you can't get away from college football right now without talking about Colorado and Travis Hunter and Dion. What do you think? Did you get a chance to watch that game? Uh, watch some of that game. Uh, impressive how he, you know, he brought in all those guys and got them to play together and, and believe. And, you know, he keeps proving himself to be a, a good leader. And uh, the Hunter kid that played both ways, I mean, that was that was really cool to see at, at, at that level. That's unbelievable. And, and he made a play in the second half after playing, a, you know, 80, 80 plays where he came off his guy. They ran the double slant. And they had the, the running back coming out in the flat. And the, I saw one of the guys from ESPN break down the play where as soon as they saw the double slant, that both the safety and the inside corner froze and allowed those guys to go one to the safety, one to the inside corner, and that frees Travis up. And Travis saw the slant, and he froze and immediately jumped on the running back. Whether that's natural instinct, that has to be a lot of film. That has to be a lot of game planning. And again, first opponent, you probably have some time to kind of get some extra film in. So I I think it'll be interesting now. First game, 149 snaps. That's awesome. It was great to see. He seems like a really fun kid to be around. What happens now? Does the body recover in six days? Can you give? Can he go another 130 snaps this week? Because Nebraska's coming off a loss, but they have an extra couple extra days, I think, of rest, having played, I think, on a Thursday. Um, and I think that matters this time of year. The other part is Colorado's on film now. So as much as everybody thought they knew what Colorado was going to be, it's on film now, and now they can kind of really start dissecting strengths and weaknesses. So I think that's a game to watch um, as we're moving into this week. And let's start Let's start with the college games. Um, and I'm going to put you on uh, real quick, right out of the shoot. number 10 Notre Dame and NC State. Who you got? Uh, packs at home. I'll take the pack. <laughs> I'm a, I'll take Notre Dame on that one. I, I, I like Sam Hartman, the way Sam Hartman's playing right now. Um, Nebraska at 22, Colorado. Uh, that's a tough one for me. You know, Nebraska's coming off a tough loss. Uh, Colorado's riding high. Um, at Colorado, I'll go Colorado on that one. I'm going to take Nebraska. So we're, we're splitting on the first two. I, I, I think Matt Rule did a, a fairly good job at Carolina. I think he did a great job at Baylor. He was an unbelievable job at Temple. I think the guy can coach. I, I think they're going to have some things for Colorado, some wrinkles for Colorado. Um, I think it's going to come down to final possession too, though. Um, Ball State at Georgia. Georgia with their second straight test at number one. Uh, real test right there. We'll go Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Georgia as well. Uh, Ole Miss and Tulane. Number 20, Ole Miss heading to New Orleans to play 24 Tulane. Uh, could be a shootout. Uh, still like Ole Miss in that one. I think it will be a shootout. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I'm going to take Ole Miss as well. Uh, App State. At, say it again? They're paying Pete Golden all that money. they got to play some defense somewhere. Right? <laughs> you would think. App State at 17, North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina rolls in that one. Same here. 11, Texas at number three, Alabama. Uh, Alabama. Alabama's at home. Uh and I still don't think Texas has had time to to match the depth of uh, of those SEC schools. 
I'm going Alabama, but I think Alabama is going to ground and pound it. It's going to be a little bit tighter score. The game will still be in question in the fourth quarter if you're looking at the score. But physicality, I, I kind of wonder if the game's ever going to be in question. You know, I, I think Alabama's beginning to buy into who they're going to have to be this year, and that just means pounding people into submission. Um, let's head to the NFL. Just a couple games in the NFL. Who do you follow in the NFL first? Uh, growing up, Tom Brady, Belichick with the Patriots were big. That's kind of that's been who I've, I've liked there. Wow, R- rough childhood being a Patriots fan, huh? Yeah, I mean, just a lot of wins, <laughs> a lot of wins. That's all. Uh, for my wife, who's a, a Kansas City girl, Lions at Chiefs Thursday at eight twenty. Who you got? Uh, I'm going Lions in that one. You know, Kelsey might be out. Uh, Super Bowl hangover. Lions got a lot to prove. I'll go Detroit. Yeah, a lot, a lot of noise with the Lions. A lot of people picking them. Chiefs big. I'm going Chiefs big, even with Kelsey out. Panthers at Falcons. My Falcons is this is the year. This is the year we get it done. Uh, Carolina's still rebuilding. Uh, quarterback making his first start. Falcons. There you go. That, that You picked that one right. And then let's go Eagles-Patriots. Uh, New England's got a lot going on right now. They're at home. I'll still go New Do England. Do they have a second quarterback? Uh, a lot of practice. I know they signed guys. Corral, but that, I signed him. He's got to be the three, right? Yeah, I still think their two will be Zappy, the the kid they drafted last year. Yeah, a little bit. Did they re-sign him after they cut him? Yeah, they got him back. Okay, I had so not I, seen. I think that. he'll end up on the roster. So you're you're against your heart. You're going Eagle, Eagles. Uh, well, I'll, I'm picking New England. Okay. You know, give them the benefit of the doubt starting the year. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm going Eagles. I don't think it'll be big. Belichick will keep that close. And then finally on Monday night, Bills at Jets. Whew. Bills at Jets. I'll still go Bills in that one. Experience. I'm going to go Jets. I'm, I'm buying the hype from the HBO uh, and, and the Kumbaya in that Jets locker room. So I'm going to go Jets. Um, and of course, we're experts on everything. So both of us will go perfect on all those picks. Nobody will miss a game. Um, Closing thoughts as we, we get ready for really our first week of evaluations here in this fall and kind of what you're hoping to see from guys this fall. Uh, identifying new players, seeing uh, who's improved, maybe some guys that bounce back after some summers that, you know, they wanted to be a little better. And uh, then just getting to be back around uh, coaches across the state, being around the kids and uh, out and about and have a good time. I'll second that. Just a chance to be back around everybody and be back on the field. I'm excited about it. So, for Matt Payne, I'm Brandon Hall. This is the Prep Baseball Report of North Carolina Podcast, and we'll see you at the field.